0: To episode 38 of God to Brew, the podcast where two friends talk about two of our favorite things fish the band and beer the beverage. That's the kid, and I'm the Lizza. <laughs> you can't say yes. that. No one knows you're pointing. I stole it.
1: <laughs> but it's what is
0: the kid? Yeah, you have to say like it, like you're existing. Or
1: you're, you're everywhere. Your. You're the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pronouns. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> Fair point.
1: What are we listening to?
0: Whoa, we are listening to a song called Analog Delay from the third and so anticipated album from Paige McConnell's side project, Vita Blue.
1: Thank fucking God. This album has taken for fucking ever.
0: Is it weird the song reminds me of the Chariots of Fire, and I feel like it's his go-to
1: riff too. <laughs> I just think it's the oscillating. It's good, dun, dun.
0: man. What what music? What style of music would you call this?
1: Uh, alternative rock. Okay. Uh, t- I think it's th- more like
0: digital techno. Like ha- People are calling this like dub or like house.
1: Dub house. Get the fuck yeah, out of here. That's, I've oh, seen it in two articles would, referred to as dub. It falls into alternative. What type like of techno, alternative? Like techno. Like techno? I think you no. could call
0: it techno. Because
1: <laughs> it has oscillators in it. That doesn't immediately make it whatever. I don't want to.
0: I think rain it's on super parades. cute that like he basically like sings the lyrics about what he's doing. Like delay, and then he goes like delay, delay, delay. And then he talks about like adding like-, like distortion. He literally says like distortion and then like he makes distortion. So, if I'm understanding you he's correctly. He's like a mad scientist.
1: <laughs> what you're saying is is that you like that it's literal.
0: Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Page is yeah, not a very. I feel like yeah, it's very literal, but it's great.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's good. I want to see the rest.
0: Uh, was this, this is the only track released today, 723, that you can listen to on the internet. Is that correct? Correct. And they gave you a song breakdown. It's eight songs. And I forget the name of the album. Fuck. Sorry, I should yeah, look that up. Yeah, I don't up. remember. It, long Lines. It's something with lines. It's very similar to In Long Lines, which is a song of Ghost of the Forest. But
1: um, yeah, I like it. I love that. I think it's great. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good tune. I want to see the rest. I want to see them live. I want to do a lot of that. Cool.
0: <laughs> a lot of Vida Blue. I, I think uh,
1: tickets go on sale tomorrow
0: for Philly. Did I make that up?
1: <laughs> Wherever they're going, I'm seeing it.
0: Cool.
1: Maybe more than once. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. We'll see. I mean, so cool things on the horizon from Vita Blue. An album. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm excited to see if they're going to work any more of those songs into Fish now. That would be interesting to me.
1: Huh. <laughs> oh. You want? I don't think. I, no, I don't think. J. Three P. O. saw them play live, and they didn't play any fish shit. I don't think. No, no,
0: you have that swapped. But oh, let's swaps, move on. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Um, so, summer tour stats.
1: Yeah. Is what we're talking How about. How was that? Today. I assigned. I gave you homework. How did it feel to have homework after an episode? It was
0: really, really. <laughs> Fun at first, and then it got really
1: tedious, just like everything. That's why my just little... like building
0: a spreadsheet tends to be.
1: I was going to say, <laughs> my spreadsheet that was supposed to have every song ever played which was basically just recreating what was already on fish.net, I stopped like halfway through
0: I so it was interesting to me, and like as we got down, so I started at the top of summer tour, St. Louis 611, and then as we got down to the shows we saw, Banger and um, Camden, I started really seeing certain trends, and I there, the, the figures prove you right in a very specific way. This
1: is great. And we're already prove, off to a great start. And they <laughs>
0: prove me right and the general populace right in a very... Okay, uh, it's hard to just... First of, okay. of all, who the fuck is the general populace? Okay, no, who, no, no Okay. okay, okay so, about? so, so, so. The reason why I made this entire sheet was because you're complaining about how they were repeating songs often. Yes. And... I stopped making the spreadsheet specifically right after our show in Camden because I wanted to see the totals of the tour up to that point. Okay. So up to night three of Camden, actually, I think I went a little bit past maybe up to night three of Camden. There the most any song was played was four times.
1: And what was that song? Uh, There are a few a couple songs were played four times so
0: the most any song was played was four times and there are only a few it's 46 days so you were right about that that was the most played by the time we saw them three times in camden right it was no man in no man's land it was blaze on it was chalk dust torture (laughs) and it was another new one uh set your soul free and everything's right so you were kind of wrong on that one because you were wow. saying you were saying that they're repeating a lot of older stuff. And all those songs, the exception of 46 Days, are all new. I so mean, they're playing their new songs most fre- I, most frequently. Again, the other point that so I, that's a trend that
1: is true. The other thing I was saying is that if I give them any leeway on any repeats, it would be on Cosbot Vox and Ghost of the Forest because it's brand new.
0: OK. But you that's said that you point. felt like they were playing songs like 46 days old songs, which is true. They be, that's the one song in that group. But you were saying things like Mike's song, which is not true. They've only played that twice. And Up they only played Mike's point. Hydrogen week once. So then I started like, digging a little deeper, and I wanted to like, see what the numbers were showing me. So you were not wrong in saying that you got songs very close in a very small gap. So you you used to tell me that the rule was eight shows. They wouldn't repeat a song in eight shows. That is absolutely and totally not true anymore. (laughs) So we saw two nights in banger. And then by night one of Camden, they had played their first song four times and that was set your soul free. So by you seeing them night one in Camden, they had played set Your Soul free four times and they had played no man in no man's land four times. Now we get to night two. They start playing Mike's song. They then play that three times by that point, And we got that night one in banger. So that was only three shows apart. Yeah. They played Mike's song. And for the third time, then in the same Camden night two, They played of Prog Groove by that point. It was three times. Everything's Right, they had played that four times. 46 Days, they had played that four times. One of the most played songs. And we saw that again, Night One in Banger. So 46 Days is your real fucking nail in the coffin. Yeah. <laughs> they play it the most like it and in. you saw it th- the tightest together. Yeah. They also played Blaze On four times after Camden Night 2. Camden Night 3 is the most interesting show to me because theoretically, numbers wise, statistics wise, it was the best show we saw.
2: Because there were th- <laughs> there were 12
0: unique songs played over the course of that show. Wow. That's the most unique songs we saw. Camden Night 2 was 6 and Camden Night 1 was 10. And then Banger was much lower than both of those. It was a r- hovering around those 10 or less. But Camden Night 3 was 12 unique songs. Yeah. And the funny thing about that, though, was it was also the most repeats for us. <laughs> Isn't that insane? It's the same thing. So by Camden Night 3, we had seen Chalk Dust Torture four times in the tour. They played it four times, and we got Banger Night 2. Yeah. Yeah. Susie Greenberg, they had played it three times by this point in the tour, and we got that Banger Night 2. So it was almost like we were getting mirror shows here for a little bit. And then Julius, it was the second time they had played it so far in the tour, but we got that Banger Night 1. Yeah. So I think both of us are right. (laughs) And I'm going to continue (laughs) this. I'm going to continue these stats going through the end of the tour, because I just want to see it, as I said, up to us where we saw it and how frequently things were repeated up to that point. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, I want to see so, how, how actually many times they play a certain song. So
1: J. Three P. O. One of his points when he was giving me shit about complaining about this uh, was that back in the day there was less material and there were more shows. And I actually took a look. Um, I actually got a widget. Right, it's the app. You can go to the app store on a Macintosh laptop and download. Re-listen to like the dock on your computer. It does all the same shit. It's just re-listen in condensed form instead of it being like on a website. Or on a phone on your app, and what's really interesting is that when you go just opening it up, it has three columns: the show that you're watching or listening to, and the set list. Obviously, uh, all the shows of that run of the year that you're in for that section. And when you look at the year column, you can actually bust it out by hours of total like show time. It goes into, and these are just like the general stats you just see when you look at it: how many total numbers of shows, and how many sources of people support like that run, like gave audio file for that run which i think is a really interesting stat to look at that's Um, weird it's like an audio nerd stat where you start going in who's got the best ones now i kind of have to reach out to them be like do you have the FLAC downloads for (laughs) uh 2000 (laughs) anyway um when you go back into the early 90s he's like i mean i wasn't ever denying that that statistic wasn't true but it's staggering how much of a difference uh, like volume of show-wise I think supports that argument and doesn't, right? So if 1998, they played 48 shows, which is similar to, to now-ish. They're like, I'm looking at 20. I'm trying to look at the not Baker's Dozen because it inflates the numbers so much. Per year? Like, you're
0: talking at per year or per tour?
1: Uh, per, per year. year. So yeah. how many shows were played per year? So 2017, 28 shows were played. 16 were 45, 15 were 31. So we're hovering like in that. Do you think people
0: during that time were complaining about the same thing that you are because they were seeing them so tight together and they were playing the same stuff over and over? I think this is a (laughs)
1: 3.0 fish fan problem.
0: Yeah, I would agree.
1: Uh, Especially so, but that's why I think when j Three PO was like, "Man, when it was the freaking '90s, no one gave a shit if they repeated a song." Yeah, but they were playing seventy shows in 1998, eighty-one shows in '97, seventy-one shows in '96. Go back even farther, early '90s, 124 shows in 1994, 109 shows in 1993. They were doing a winter tour essentially, straight into a spring store, uh, spring tour into a summer. They were on the road all the time and. To talk about a perfect segue into the documentary we just saw.
0: I just want to go over some more statistics. You're bringing that in way too early. I'm not ready to talk about that at all yet. I'll sit on it. I'll sit on it. I do think it's interesting that overall, so like when you look at just like a bell curve for a show, the total song count is around 20, and they always typically fall with about 10 unique songs for that show. So they are still doing like 50-50. They're giving you 50 half of it are unique and half of them are ones that they've played. (laughs) And I honestly think our set of shows literally fell like right in the halfway point of the tour. So like they were, it was like a squeeze down point where they were combining everything they had just played coming from previous and the things they
1: were about to go and incorporate in for the tail end of the tour. So is the argument that like because Trey was coming off a tab, he was playing a lot of shit that he was playing in tabs. So Sand popped up a lot, Forty Six Days popped up a lot. Like, no, is that what you're I'm saying? saying
0: they were feeling like the groove and they were in the pocket, so they're repeating similar songs because they were getting. Comfortable playing those songs, but and
1: and this was my point in the last episode. Like Fish has two hundred songs, right? They have so, like four hundred so something they songs. There, there, that cannot to me be a viable like justification f- at all because they have three songs that use the same chord progression. Get what I'm saying? So, like musically speaking, like if you wanted to talk about songs that sounded similar but were different, they could still do that. Does that make sense? Like, am I making sense? No. So. (laughs) Uh, You're saying
0: the three songs shouldn't count as unique songs because they all sound the same? No, no,
1: no, no. Songs can be unique and that's fine. What I'm saying is, is that the songs that repeat, I thought you're, what you were saying in that songs that were repeating is that like, they're going for a similar sound. Like there are songs that they were like feeling out that, drove a specific way or like sounded a specific way and i was just saying that if that were true it's still also true that they have so much material that there are multiple songs that could fill that same void that same slot in terms of a show that they were trying to build it could still be something different
0: i'm saying like on a general curve like they've especially with this tour and like last tour, like this pocket of tours this year it's got last couple of years they've like fallen into these specific songs that pull out and become front runners and out of all the ones i mentioned only two were old 46 days in truck dust torture right the rest of them were all new or relatively new yeah. songs and that does prove your point because you're like oh well, i don't care like whatever they like play those songs over and over but like that's what I was saying. Like even fish is a band as a band and they go and they try to like work on their newer stuff and you feel out their newer stuff and get
1: comfortable playing their newer stuff. You still have that spreadsheet up? Yeah. Can you, you tell me know? how many times possum was played this summer tour?
0: Ooh. Yeah. Let's see. Possum's
1: one of the most so frequently this is up played to, fish songs. No,
0: not in these stats.
1: Not in these stats. I'm not saying that, but like possum overall is a statistic. Twice. It's one of the, okay. twice by this,
0: but by the less of Camden shows. So we have to go to the end of the tour now and see how much it actually pulls out.
1: I mean, but that's the thing is, is that if it's a song that they're playing almost free is another example. It's a song that's played quite bit. I think they often. played that three times. Yeah, so it's like... And I think that... I was like, oh I'm surprised they only but, played it three so, times. So now do you see like the argument that I'm making with there's only so much space in a set list and there's so much that they can choose that now when you're saying you got free three, three times. times, I would go gl- then again, free is my favorite song. I've said this in past episodes. I would yep. gladly give up never hearing a free mm. for an entire summer tour if it meant they used that slot for something else that I've never heard before. So, like. So, what do you want
0: the breakdown to be? Because I said out of 20, out of the bell curve of a show being about 20 shows, they're doing 10 that are unique or somewhere close to 10. So, what would you like that split so, to be? But I think what you were saying how, is how that different ends would up you being like half slitting. and half.
1: I would rather that push to like 70 30. I want I 70% to be unique and I'll allow 30 to be. Copy. Whatever. Copy, copy. No, literally, whatever. I don't give a fuck what the thirty percent is. If the seventy percent. That see, you're just but, asking them to trim the fat. But see, and they're that's, having a hard but time. But that's that why days. you and J. Three P. O. Think <laughs> fucking night three of Alpine Valley is the greatest shit ever because it is like 70-30 Look at that show, and I'd be again follow up yeah, on the yeah, next yeah, yeah, next I will, episode. I will. I will take I will. a look at just that run. I we're gonna and, do
0: a <laughs> whole show on that. <laughs> that and I will do the statistics for that. That's yeah. gonna be see. That's gonna be
1: an oddity. Yeah, but seventy. 30 break is going to be an immediate like cutoff for a show being like blow your mind insane is bust out. So when you have a bunch of unique, so again, I would imagine if you're getting close to that 70 30 percent ratio, people start freaking the fuck out. And I get what you're saying. You can't have every single like show be a 70-30 ratio because then the 70-30 ratio is not cool Because then
0: you won't have legendary shows.
1: But like the amount of shows that they're having now is so much less than in the past that like I feel i don't want to go as far to say that it's like an obligation of the band you want
0: you want them to play the baker's dozen every run the baker's and dozen. That's this not is a, a thing.
1: great segue because i was going to mention this on this episode today i think the baker's dozen ruined me as a three yeah it
0: did fan. that was the the most perfect it thing you'll ever get
1: the fuck out of yes. me i still no repeats. i have, i have decided we talked about this uh off Air uh, the other day, I'm gonna go back and remaster the entire Baker's Dozen, so we can. They've do definitely a series already done that, but I mean, you should. No, no, no. There's fun. no spd files of Baker's Dozen.
0: They downloads. sell them on the internet. They sell them oh, on on. I won't pay A for remastered them. I'll version remaster of the them Baker's myself. Dozen. Yes, we do it.
1: <laughs> um, I uh, or maybe we'll buy it to support the. B- uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think watching them do that. I, I can't talk about this. Can we? We have to get to between my uh, between me and my mind for me to talk about any of this because sure. that's where a lot of sure, sure. my insight came from. Yeah, sure. So sure. I don't. I don't. I'm gonna sit on my hands on this.
0: No, one. go ahead. We can talk about it right now. My, stat, wanna... my stat talk is done. I'm done okay. being a nerd.
1: So it was enlightening. Outside of you being a nerd, you're still a dork because you message me saying, "Hey, I found no. A dork and a nerd are two different things. A but dork you, and a nerd <laughs> are d- synonyms. two different things. Whatever." <laughs> Just go on. Uh, You messaged me saying, I found a movie theater outside of that (laughs) one-off Wednesday that has Between Me and My Mind. Do you wanna go? And I'm like, "Uh, (laughs) do you wanna go? So we
0: recently (laughs) got to see Between Me and My Mind, the the, the, the documentary. And it was just because I was surfing the internet at one o'clock in the morning, thanks Insomnia. Uh, I wanted to see if there were any theaters playing it after the one-day release, the July 17th one-day release. And I found a random theater, iPix. iPix. Shout out to iPix, (laughs) South Street Seaport. You suck! Yeah, it was the worst theatrical (laughs) environment experience I ever had, but the movie was enjoyable all right let's all right real let's, quick let's, on let's one let's hand can you name your five
1: in. worst things about that movie theater just to start off i want to paint a picture of how bad this movie theater was that we okay saw this so show. i
0: don't like to <laughs> shit on anything just to shit on it i really don't all right, can I, I, I go first always, then no can i, I always, always i just i'm prefacing this by saying <laughs> i like to see the silver <laughs> lining and things and i read a lot of bad reviews about this movie theater and i was just like no go into it with an open mind it can't be as bad as they all say can
1: i go first then I think I could do it like fast, go like ahead. rapid fire. Yeah, go ahead. $35 tickets are bullshit. Sticky chairs, noisy chairs, really bullshit waiter service where they don't whisper and they're really fucking loud during the movie. And the fucking bathroom is really far away from the movie theater. There's my five.
0: Oh, yeah. i 3PO for a second. Those are, those, are all, <laughs> those are all true and they're all bad things.
1: And the theater was really hot, but it was like one of the hottest days here in New York. So that's like a close, it's like six man.
0: I will say it definitely made me miss seeing stuff at the Alamo. Alamo I think the Alamo house. has it on lockdown and they're very good at what they do for people with ADHD. Seeing, yeah. Seeing it against Alamo something else. House. It's, it was not good. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think you were you were trying to go into the saying that I had to like twist your arm a little bit to go see this documentary, so, and the outcome was different than you had expected.
1: Yeah, so I typically stray away from documentaries unless they're about penguins, and even then I got duped into that documentary, and it was a bunch of penguin death, March of the Penguins, shout out. Yeah, it's a um, sad movie. I really did not think it was going to be penguin death for fucking two and a half hours. Um, but I, I, documentaries are just, it has to be something that I'm so super crazy, 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 like, into just zoning out about. And Fish is not one of them. I'm an active like watch or a fish and i feel like a documentary is always done in a way where it's just like trying to make this grandiose thing about 100%. something that i already subscribed to i there so. is
0: almost no for me though like behind like this for me was like lifting a curtain on like my favorite band that i never i get to see videos of them playing on stage i feel like there's very little footage or video or audio or interviews or anything seeing them what they're like like off
1: stage yeah i mean there's a couple documents i mean but the, i mean i get so, what you're you know saying, what I'm saying? There's, this there's is like, like a- for me, insight and insight yeah, behind the I, I had hoped
0: that they would all become like I, more, per, like I would be Humanistic. feel more connected yeah, to yeah, them, yeah, yeah, yeah. More, and that's exactly what happened. But I thought the documentary was shot very poorly, and I really oh. wanted, a, I really wanted a lot more. And I'm sorry, but. After seeing that documentary, it made me feel just like two dudes who are fish fans wanted to follow around fish and didn't necessarily know how to shoot a documentary. That was like documentary cliche one oh one. If you have six funny. hours of Trey Anastasio talking about cool shit, why the fuck are you wasting even thirty seconds showing me like a power line in the sky? A and like him driving out. down the road. Like I I don't think there was uh, near enough music in that <laughs> at all. All the behind stuff all the behind scenes <laughs> stuff you saw was Kazvat box because that's what they Rage. were doing in their farm. Rage. And it was actually <laughs> mostly ghost of the forest. It wasn't any kazbot box. He was pitching. The ghost funniest was- part of that entire documentary was when they were rolling the credits and they were doing the dogs and it's like
1: over here, a stray dog. And they're like, it's over they're there. They're figuring it it's out. It's fucking yeah. here, fucking
0: there, yeah, fucking dude, there. And they re- like love okay. it. They're like loving it.
1: First of all, it. pause and rewind. You're spoiling a lot of this documentary for a bunch of people who have not had a chance to see it yet. First of who all. Who
0: cares? We're, <laughs> we're, we're trying to break into it and rip no, it apart and, and, and that's talk fine. about I, it.
1: I, no, so this is really interesting Fans to me. Fans are going to have seen it. It's really interesting to me because you are a like trained trained like film critic like that's what you went to college for like you are very much looking at this from a different lens than I am and on top of that I thought we were gonna go into this documentary you were gonna fall on your face and love it and suck its dick and I thought I was gonna be like this is the worst fucking two hours you ever put me through and it was the exact opposite I I was the only one laughing in the theater (laughs) <laughs> at all, <laughs> at the jokes and shit. Yeah, I was you, like you laughing, and that I was the like, only one laughing. Punchlines in, docu- do- in any movie can also be in your head the same way, like you read text in your head. Like you can laugh internally and not have to, ha, ha, ha loud. But having someone do it could make the experience it. better. No, yeah. It was Trey really great. is like
0: the quirkiest person on earth. You and he's love like him. The, He's yeah. like the quirkiest, lovable person on earth. He's
1: sober, Trey. He's so happy just see, like sometimes just to be alive.
0: he'll make a face such as hilarious. He's glad, to me.
1: glad, glad that he's alive. Yeah, <laughs> he survived an opioid addiction, and that's so you know, it, he's I, just what, happy to be. I want to talk you know, about that.
0: I, w- I want to talk about that point that you brought up that was very poignant for you. But I think it was because you're a therapist. Yeah. That you Oh, I, we talked about the the this after that the point that you pulled yeah. out was that you I guess what you found it hard to watch that it was hard for him to talk about his drug court and arrest? No,
1: no, no. Pitch it addiction. right. All right. So there are moments and okay, so J3PO saw the documentary on that Can one. We just
0: you say J3PO a lot. Can we continue?
1: So <laughs> a a friend of ours saw this documentary and came back to us and was just like, "Well, there's a couple scenes that seem forced." And Someone says that to you. He going was talking into about movie. all the interviewing parts, it, where he, he sits it, down, all with people. he simply said, "Was at some points it feels forced." So again, that impacts your perspective. So I'm going into the movie searching for these what I perceive for me are forced moments. And Trey sits down with each like member of his immediate family, his two daughters and his wife. At some point in the documentary and And he starts and he start and his parents and he asks them about like what it's been like to be a part of the experience and the and And they all hate it person each person hones in on the fact that like they didn't even know that fish was going to be a self-sustaining thing and trey was going to be able to just do that and whatever until they start packing venues like msg but that's also the same time where his problems with drugs like inserts itself. And yeah, they see it as a very negative thing. One thing that I did appreciate about them filming that is they stay hard on Trey. And one thing that never lies in your life is your face. And he just get like, you can tell he immediately gets emotional. He immediately gets uncomfortable. He tries to like segue the next question. And I'm like, man, you can tell that like this is still something that he's really sh- still even struggling with as a part of his life. And that he's truly ashamed of it. Yes. And um, it's really hard to talk about addiction. Of course. And like it, it, again, it almost kills you. It makes you
0: feel ashamed. You don't Um, like to talk
1: about it. No, because you, you forget very quickly when you're wrapped up in an addiction the other like proximity people that are being affected by it. You don't realize yeah, that you're it's hard hurting. for him
0: to hear what they were saying when what they were going through during his addiction. Right. It's the only time he's quiet in the
1: movie. Right.
0: And he doesn't know what to say. So my it fav- makes him
1: feel very uncomfortable. So, again, these are <laughs> huge spoilers. But my favorite moment is with his youngest daughter. Not Bella. It's not but his uh, youngest
0: daughter. It's his oldest
1: daughter. No, not Bella. The other one.
0: They had the interview sitting in
1: the pond. They're next to the pond.
0: I missed that. <laughs> I only saw one daughter.
1: Oh, uh, with the black dress. Yeah. That's older, Bella. The older daughter. Bella who just graduated college. Yeah. Um, the younger daughter is like, there was a moment in my life where like you were taking me on tour and everything was cool. This is like the, like the, you know, like 97, 98. And then he, and then she quickly goes, and then there was a moment where you just weren't there. And it's not that like, I need, like needed you there, but I was just noticeably like you were. And she doesn't even mention the drugs or anything like that. She, she doesn't, like she just realizes that her dad wasn't present and he starts physically crying. Oh, I didn't and see that part. His, like, I don't see that. bathroom. His eye, like his it's, it's nuts. And again, it's, it's one of those moments where, um, I was saying this at the beginning at the top of this episode where I was just like, you can tell that the shows and the band were running away with their fame. Like, that's why they were playing 107 shows a tour. That's why they were going to Europe. That's why, they, like, things got out of control because there was no balance. And at one point, when they're talking about, uh, creating one of the ghost of the forest songs in trey's recording studio which is a barn in bumblefuck vermont which i want to visit it's um, it's
0: hilarious that they call it a barn but it's like it's a beautiful like three-story like log cabin with it's, fucking stained it's glass like, and yeah and it's shit. like <laughs> gore-
1: it's like fucking gorgeous so yeah it's beautiful and they ba- have like a barn is catered, a bit of a gnome, yeah nomenclature for yeah. breaks and shit i wanted what they were eating just for like in between the fucking they're eating a lot of shit. fish Pa- a uh trey was eating a lot of fish i noticed that it was funny to watch actually um but there's these like ah oh shit i fucking lost it what was i talking about <laughs> when they were in the barn sorry and then you were talking about catering no before that
0: uh i th- my favorite parts of the movie were when he was creating music and when he was getting so excited about what he was hearing that was my those are my favorite things to so watch. So
1: one thing you learn with addictive or uh, addiction counseling is that you're always replacing a habit with a habit. And something that became very clear for me in that documentary that his new habit and the thing that he engrosses himself in is music. And it's But I think that's always been and it's, it's always been his, a part of his him. mom says that in one of the interviews that he like he was drumming always, when he was like two. Right. And I, I don't deny that, but I think like he is like down the deepest depth of this rabbit hole with music where he's constantly writing, you know, the first introduction scene into it is like him just walking around his apartment, playing like shit and trying to just put stuff down,
0: composing.
1: And he, I I, I didn't realize how deep a passion for composing he had until this document. Like I knew he went to college for composition, but you never really know like where that trickles off or when that person wakes up and says, well, Composition doesn't really have a postgraduate, like, tract for, like, me sustaining myself in life, so I'm gonna have to figure something else out. Like, he really got to explore his passion, and now because of his recovery and his sobriety and everything that's going so great for him, he's able to go... So deep down that rabbit hole to the point where he's just driving to the other members of the band's houses to pitch fucking new music to them. So let's That's talk like about that. That's like percent let's of the talk, documentary. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about
0: that because <laughs> they wanted to follow common threads, so they wanted to follow them preparing for Baker's Dozen, doing Soul Planet as the gag for New Year's Eve, and Ghost. Which was the a fo- brand new Ghost Ghost song Forest he wrote on and spot. C-Cot. So yeah, yeah. Th- my m- again one of my favorite parts, and this the docu- documentary made me appreciate that gag way more. And Soul Planet, I like that song
1: now. I didn't see, like that song seeing before. Seeing things <laughs>
0: from like inside his mind, not to be too kitschy,
1: Between. but like
0: getting to see what he was trying to accomplish, and then their excitement, like when it was happening, was insane. Like it was
1: cool. I, it made me really, really miss being in a band because a band, when they talk about it like being a family, it's just people being so accepting of ideas that if you pitch them to anybody else, they'd be like, oh, that's fucking dumb. You shouldn't do that. And yeah. one of the things he says in the documentary that I really appreciate is like when we started Fish like we didn't know what like kind of genre of band it was going to be. We mm-hmm. were thinking that it was it was going to be like a rock band and then we're writing shit like you enjoy myself. And he starts going, well, you know, my early stuff was, was really like over composed and you know, you and the fluff head, like all these examples of these multiple moving parts and these big grandiose compositions. And he's like, if you had told me that that was the type of band that was going to come out of fish, I mean, He couldn't. He he starts like laughing. He can't even tell you what it was going to be. So the fact that you allow that process to kind of evolve and like take place and like metamorphose into this beautiful.
0: you're, You're you're mentioning when he's talking about Ghost of the Forest and it being as a direct opposite. To fish and composed music, he was talking about how Ghost of the Forest is a very like open, wide, like empty, it's like what kind came of thing. Out. Yeah, 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 yes, yes. And w- Which was just so different than what he normally is used to doing.
1: And I, I said it in previous episodes that I think Ghost of the Forest was obviously a, like a Mozart Requiem. Now having seen the movie, watching, uh, the stage four cancer that his friend was exposed to, like and seeing it you know, visualize and like yeah. watching him experience that only made me feel that ghost of the forest is not just a requiem, but a whole like encapsulation of dealing with death through multiple like phases, like being scared of it, being like excited by it and making it want you to just like live your best life. There's Correct. all these different facets Correct. and that truly makes up a requiem. And I think people who only study classical music could, could articulate it in, in in that way. And I appreciate the fact that like he's able to (laughs) make that, I don't want to say like it's accessible. He makes it seem so easy. Oh, I I'm watching this person go through this and it's making me just think about this topic. So I'm going to write about all aspects of it. And you're going to understand from beginning, middle and end, the entire scope of what this emotion feels like and executes it and delivers it. That's, like a great beer, I can now go back and listen to Ghosts of the Forest under a completely different lens.
0: Are you gonna go back and listen to all these things abso again so after, after seeing the documentary? A- Absolutely,
1: fucking <laughs> Lucy, Lucy. <laughs> and uh, Lucy. And I want to go back and listen to Kazvat Vox because I think the documentary gave me a bigger perspective on like the fun, like you're saying, the post I wanted more and, like, of that
0: because I read about the way they made that album and the documentary crew was so much a part of it because they were like interacting with them when they were doing it. Right. All the stuff from the barn was pretty much Ghost of the Forest. Right. And I was excited about their interaction and behind the scenes Cosmode box. They, I just didn't get out of that documentary what I Wanted you, and what I wanted wasn't just Trey Anastasio it was fish You went, And in, I think that's you, why I was disappointed To wrap
1: this all up You went in thinking 70-30 And got 50-50 and got pissed Off no
0: I got you like 10%
1: Of what I wanted <laughs> you pulled To me you went in saying I want some cool New shit that also makes me like love the band You got shit I got stuff I got already I read these Jambe's articles Like fuck you
0: I had seen A couple <laughs> clips and like I had read about A couple scenes so like it, there so was There's nothing like shocking to me in it. And I will say that (laughs) the interviewing scenes were were not cut into the movie well. Whatever. I have beef with these people who did this documentary. and I think they need to release like all that extra footage. (laughs) I want to see it
1: yeah <laughs>
0: trey's cat was my favorite part <laughs> looks just like your and cat. when they're making chili at the end i thought that was great too and they're all wearing jets paraphernalia
1: spoilers <laughs> so many spoilers um, it's great the,
0: the, the documentary is great because it does give you this, lo- this look into these people that you would never see otherwise it humanizes them yeah correct yeah. but i just i wanted more music more music man
1: <laughs> <laughs> always more music jesus christ all right why don't you tell everybody what we're going to set I think break appropriately, on. we're going out. You like how I called it set break? <laughs> that's how this is set starting break. to feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our, yeah, that's what it is.
0: Break. <laughs> uh, appropriately, we're going out on light from 1-3-2015. My Miami run. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was like, why is this familiar in some sort of way? It's the 25-minute down with disease right before it that you should have done, but that's just me. We'll see you after this short 15 minute break. beer today i i thought it'd be really fun so here's what i thought it'd be fun to do you kept it a secret for me and i'm really upset i like to i would like to at least kind of prepare for something that i never prepare for no, no that's not the way talk
0: show hosts do it they don't talk to each other until they get out on stage everything's fresh okay Kathy Lee and Regis never talk to each you other. Think they never talk to each other. And they would save it so it'd all be organic but and original on the air.
1: Don't they have you know th- a script? know nothing about show business. But don't they have a script to tell no, them what the episode's about? No.
0: Not like the top 10 minutes is like banter, banter. Like literally on the fucking thing that rolls up, it's like banter. Like uh-huh. talk about like your life today. Like talk about today. Like, oh, man. And to keep it fresh and not seem like it's been staged. Okay. So uh, I'm I am calling this segment The Trouble with Triples... And it's a little uh, pun on a Star Trek episode called The Trouble with Tribbles. So for it's all you Star tribbles. Trek fans out there, they're like these furry little creatures that get into their, like, um, space station and, like, eat all this grain, but then they find out that the grain was contaminated and this guy was trying to poison this grain anyway. So, like, the Tribbles actually, like, save them.
1: <laughs> okay. But don't they die? The they
0: Tribbles do die, but some survive. They get sick and they start dying, and that's how they know the grain's fucked up.
1: Uh it's a tribbles. whole. It's a
0: whole episode. If you're into it, it's season two. Are of any Star triples going to
1: die in the making of this episode? Triples and no. I said triples. Are any triples going to die? Oh yeah, then? we're going like, to kill them both. <laughs> okay, they're great.
0: They're both dead, but they're not deadly to consume. <laughs> so, okay. your favorite beer style is Belgian style triples. Correct. And I thought <laughs> it would be fun <laughs> today because it is my least favorite style, or admittedly a style that I really don't like to drink a lot of at all okay uh i thought it'd be fun to drink a couple but a couple that have like a twist to them that makes me like them
1: are two a couple or a pair Uh, two is a couple two is a couple yes it technically is a couple. i guess yeah you're right damn it two (laughs) two is
0: a pair or a couple you can say
1: you can say both well a couple is two people if you yeah whatever
0: so i chose uh two beers from the brewery which uh, has... Both from the brewery. Ha- yes. The, br- the, br- the brewery has a reputation... Ooh, I just stuttered hard there. Has a reputation a of doing really uh, high-quality, good Belgian-style beers. And their flagship, quote-unquote, if you will, is their mischief. And we have okay. a sample of that right now. And I want you to taste it, and I'll tell you why it's a triple that I actually really like to drink a lot. And then we have another triple from them, but we're going to get the, into that a little later. So this is...
1: You want me with no primed (laughs) perspective. Like, does does it taste like a good Belgian representation or do you just just like it? Just drink it. Just drink it and
0: like, drink it. I want you to drink this. Have you had this beer yet ever? You've never had the brewery mischief?
1: Nope. Okay, this is essentially their their flagship beer.
0: It's like (laughs) what the brewer like took a really long time to perfect. It's an 8.5% hoppy Belgian style golden ale. So technically this is not a triple. There is a difference between triple and Belgian style... Golden nails, but <laughs> which the, is what? uh It's very. I don't even know because the the Je the razor the razor thin margin between them is so. I used to hate on the tests when they would ask me what's the difference in a golden nail and the triple, and it's so minimal, it's like ridiculous. So these are uh, again. The point of that is just saying these are close enough in style to compare.
2: Okay,
1: okay, I can live with that. So
0: brewery mischief. Uh, Belgian hoppy beer Belgian hoppy golden ale
1: It's pretty gold It looks like a lager It's so clear
0: Have you had uh, So the only beer from the brewery You've had is Hortrada? Yeah Oh boy Okay this is gonna blow Your fucking pants off <laughs> Something's buzzing Is that what you're Eh
1: um, It's
0: good Okay It's good so uh, how do you feel about it as being a belgian golden ale
1: it i i don't know how to answer that question i mean it's it tastes like it's in the ballpark i don't know what else to tell you
0: would you have guessed the spirit is a belgian golden ale
1: um no it's it's like believe it or not i can't believe i'm saying this it's not like sweet enough
0: yes okay This is exactly perfect in what I wanted you to say. Because the reason why I hate most traditional triples is because they are far too sweet, far too clawing on the palate. Just leave my palate just like coated and disgusted. And and yeah, I hate it. That's so many reasons why I hate triples. Too high in alcohol, really really boozy. Clawingly sweet. Yeah. Leaves my palate feeling shitty. Yep.
1: No, none of those things. The last <laughs> negative part is not leaves true. Leaves my palate feeling it, coated. It, it, it It's like drinking a milkshake. Like your whole mouth afterwards still tastes like milkshake.
0: <laughs> exactly, like milk. That's milk does that thing to you. For some it people. coats your palate. No, I cannot stand that. I'm like dry, 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 dry. Dry dry, dry, mean. Dry, dry. dry, makes but you thirsty. Int- no, but it's interesting that, see, Belgian-style triples is something you like because traditionally they're brewed to be quite dry. Anyway, the the reason why this beer is called Mischief is because it's 8.5%. Okay. Which is a very high alcohol. Yeah, I think not. this is crazy high. And this is I a- detect zero, less than zero of that in this beer. Yeah. Which, as you know, and I've said many times in this podcast. A that sign of a good brewer, Exactly, yeah. I think that's a sign of a good brewer. But the other kind of, like, caveat and, like, why I love this and kind of, like, how they make it and take it to be their own is they dry hop the shit out of this with American hops. Yeah. <laughs> so you're getting all that up-forward, like, hoppy herbal flavor and then you're getting a super kind of cleanness that, like, melds with the like yeast strain that Belgian yeast strain and then it's like super 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 dry Hmm.
1: yeah it's it that's why I said it, it left me like kind of meh because those Belgian triples are like you're saying so impactful and so palate controlling that if I were going to say there were a difference between a Belgian blonde and a Belgian triple that would be it probably one of them hangs slightly, out. Slightly, one, thinner, slightly yeah. thinner mouthfeel.
0: Give me your, yeah. give me your glass.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I'll finish the whole can if you want.
0: I did a... I get drunk. I did it. <laughs> you'll never know. Mischief. That's why it's called mischief. This is
1: not a beer you should drink at a tailgate.
0: I, no, I was going to say, I was about to say I did a tasting once. And I tasted a lot of people on this beer that didn't even know the brewery was or what it was. And when I explained to them what it was and the concept of it. And how I think the hop, the dry hopping par- partnered with that yeast strain is just so great and so balanced and so masterful. When I told people this was an eight point five golden ale, they didn't—they would not believe me. They didn't believe me. And I sold the most of this. I sold the shitload of this.
1: I mean, if you're able to sell this in a product and as a product in your store, like what's the price of it? It's eight and a half percent. It's got to be pretty up there.
0: Oh, uh, I don't know. It's we're in New York. Everything's all relative. It's expensive. Yeah, yeah but people, I, I, I the average—the average. That- the average cost of something in new york beverage like for a beer is one dollar an ounce okay so if you were gonna give me a 12 ounce pour this which is probably what people would do because it's 8.5 this beer be 12 13 dollars okay
1: so i mean i would i as a consumer like used to like average consumer who's used to drinking like Mm -hmm. delirium and shit would drink this and be pissed off that you're charging me that much money for this beer not knowing that it's gonna fuck me up (laughs)
0: oh oh oh
1: but if you knew it was 8.5 percent i'm thinking of the type of people like me with that super young palate and like wanting something but that fucks that's them up, no, but that's what this beer is supposed to do
0: no but that's what this beer is supposed to do to teach you. you that a high alcohol beer can be very sophisticated and very clean and very well brewed yeah. and still get you to that level of where you're trying to get it's to. fucking
1: great there's like a saltiness to this at the finish that is so good and i again you're right you get no hint of alcohol whatsoever it's insane yeah this beer is stupid again bring this to a giants game no one's gonna make the game not that they would want to because the giants suck (laughs)
0: uh so this beer was established in 2009 they created the recipe for it in 2009 and it has won many many gabf uh, awards uh but 2016 it won a gold medal for the great american beer fest and the american belgo style ale category
1: I would imagine at a beer fest, this would be fucking great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I really was trying to get like um, a golden monkey. I was trying to get like a straight triple, a straight like American craft triple to like taste these two against. No but I really wanted to bring you things in your style that I thought you would like. Aww. This is a fun game for me. And like, this is what I used to do when I used to help customers. Yeah. I help customers. They would tell me what they like to drink. And I would ha- want to give them something that would satiate that, but also be like a little unique and a little, a little nudge. cool yeah, a little nudge. so that it's not just what they're expecting the same thing every time.
1: You're the guy who one day told <laughs> me to stop drinking delirium and drink Allagash White, it's which so I think funny was your you friend, say that. Jesse. Yeah. Uh, it, it's
0: just funny you say that because... You used to buy beer in the place I used to work and sell beer. Yeah, we <laughs> never knew it. And we didn't know each other that You that would time. have fucking
1: hated me as a someone coming in to buy beer. Yeah, I would have your shaked
0: stuff. your bottle and shaked your can in the back <laughs> and then sold it to you. That's what <laughs> we used to do to customers we hated. I've never said this on the air before, I didn't, horrible. I not But some asshole. people are so bad. <laughs> I, I
1: wasn't an asshole. You know what's really funny? At one point, I did start homebrewing, and the store that you were working at was selling homebrew equipment. And I was that pretentious asshole coming in here being like, why are you selling this like this? <laughs> I
0: never remember you coming in and buying anything, and I used to work there. Definitely, bought when I was buying. We introed that whole crusade.
1: Yeah, so when I was when I was in that phase, I was drinking Delirium. I was drinking Omen Gang. I was drinking Allagash. I was drinking, but all triples. That's what I'm saying. All of those were triples
0: triples from those breweries, which is crazy to me. i know i'm gonna say what you hate that i say but i also find a lot of triples yeast strain i hate because it tends to lean way more towards the clove and the banana yeah and this yeast strain is super clean Mm -hmm. that's also why i like this
1: yeah i would tell if you didn't tell me i would be like this is lager yeast and i can just taste the grain profile (laughs) This would be a really this is an
0: incredibly delicious beer to
2: drink. This so would
1: be easy. a really awesome beer to take to like a blind taste testing of your snobbiest, most pretentious beer friends <laughs> and try to get them to call out what this is. I'd be really interested to see what the responses would be.
0: <laughs> okay. So you, you wouldn't have guessed at all. This was a triple or a blonde, a belt high, high BV Belgian golden blonde. No, okay. it tastes like a hoppy lager. Okay. So you do get the dry hot part, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. Which, again, I think helps for me cut down some of those esters that you get from the yeast. And the way they brew it is so balanced where like you get the, the start of the hop and then I don't know where that ends and the yeast starts. And then by the end of it, I'm just like, whoa, now I taste like Belgian yeast. And, and the carbonation, and it's super clean. But
1: everything's melted together at that point because that's right, the other part. Right, like right, I right. get the carbonation very slightly after I get the hops and I can't tell where the carbonation and the yeast like like they're just lost in each other in a great way. Like prickly and spicy. Yeah. (laughs) And again, there's still, for me, who loves triples, like there's that slight sweetness at the end, but it falls off very quickly. So it doesn't, again, hang out in your mouth and paint your tongue over and get you to that point where you're like, fuck this shit. I'm not drinking this anymore.
0: They say to pair this with lemongrass, pulled barbecue chicken and pork, and pretty much anything else you can think of. What would you pair this with? Mm. Mm. i would do something super delicate like um, my mind goes to like ricotta cheese and then like super super delicate yeah
1: i want something creamy to match up with that high carb a freshly baked biscuit (laughs) with with melted (laughs) butter on top and a little salt
0: no, no, no. So, now, how much of that answer is just what you want? And how much of that answer is... How much do you think this beer would actually pair well with it?
1: Uh, it's probably more of column a than column Correct. B. Correct. <laughs> so maybe I just, I just want a biscuit. I, just, I don't know. So yeah. All right. You're um, fucking the
0: Jake. You're like the Jake. It's like, ooh, biscuit. Bacon pancakes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so... Bacon f- pancakes would be great my, with this. Bacon, bacon my pancakes, my pancakes would be great with this. Follow my train of thought. Match power with power. Bacon pancakes.
0: No. So, my train of thought is uh this is dry so i want something like fatty and unctuous and creamy and this is like (sighs) high carb so i want something like yeah like milky and fatty on the palate so cheese for sure i would go to right away cheesecake but like dish wise yeah this would be great with cheesecake this would be fantastic with cheesecake i would go to like some kind of like cheesecake ricotta tart or something that's what i would do
1: uh Pear, maybe that sounds great. I want a apple. <laughs> what are they called in the Glorious Battle? Glorious Battle. Inglorious Bastard. See, this is what happens strudel. when you have
0: two beers that are over eight percent back to back, and we have I don't one know what left. You're talking about one left to drink. I'm Ooh, this would home. be really good with apple strudel. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit! That's fucking unlocked for me. <laughs> Cause I was thinking like, Ooh, like baked stuff and like almonds and it like has the layers and the texture. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, like it's like good.
1: crunchy. It's yeah. It's got a bunch of shit going on. I have a good idea every once in a while.
0: I would really like to do, cause I like to cook. I would really like to do like a, like, I don't know how we would do it via podcast, but I would like to do like a, I create a menu, like a tasting menu and like yeah. pair it with like my favorite beers. I don't know how we would do that over the air. That would probably be a moot thing over the air um we could post, post the, the recipes, recipes yeah and yeah people <laughs> would have
1: to recreate the experience good luck on that oh that'd be cool interactive episode what's the eta on, on us Netflix yeah what's whatever.
0: the eta on us getting a feedback section to the podcast uh um, episode 38 i feel like we gotta so be making some improvements this is here. a
1: good call out we're you know at the tail end <laughs> of our episodes so is appropriate we have time one beer to
0: left th- to drink oh, okay. and this is my favorite brewery
1: beer ever but, so I don't want to derail it too much, but uh, it's a, I would like to know the answer We're, to I'm going to actively start using our social media again. Um, you're hearing this in episode 38, but we've been trying to do it with episode 37 too. Uh, our Instagrams are now going to exclusively feature our bottle or can graveyard.
0: Yeah, we should post the pictures of the cans I'm drink. trying
1: to figure out a better way to stock a... F- uh, image for our individual episodes. So the, what we used to do is put timestamps on everything. Yeah. If you, wanted, if you wanted the beer part, here's where the timestamp is. If you wanted the 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 fish part it's at the beginning so fuck off but yeah there's <laughs> only stamp- one time so <laughs> do that on one side and like actually set up each episode to be a burst of three photos so the first photo would be the cover shot with the episode name second would be the timestamp. third would be the bottle graveyard nah, so that's dumb that- i think you should
0: just see the beers picture of the beers <laughs> for each episode
1: hey you're making it easier for me i'm pictures cool of the beers for so each episode part of that is also going to be reminding people that we do have an email address got a jabrew at gmail.com people should start reaching out got at gmail.com we want people who listen to this podcast to come on this podcast uh, share beer with us uh, uh, the Liz and I would be happy enough to uh, send you money and you send us stuff I don't know uh, about the legality of that and you should not say uh, that in the air I didn't say that but what are you talking about
0: I, I do <laughs> I would like to start doing uh, having more guests which is harder to do than you think it is but I would also like people to start sending us like beer mail I would love that more well the so hard we taste part is is that a, lar-
1: a large part of this is that that things uh, th- people have to be able to interact with us as we're doing the episode as well. So it's not just like the so remotely. Someone in. Yeah, it's tough. The remotely it's, is we tough. we have to like set up like you send me cans. I sent. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't just say that. Uh, we have to make sure that we have the same samples across the people who are the guests yeah, on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. It's like we have to figure out how to port them our audio so they can hear what we're hearing. It's a huge thing. Anyway, get us this last beer. I'm, I'm getting lost in my nerd. Sorry, nerdness. I think it's good to
0: question your th- being at 38. <laughs> I think it's good to question what you want to improve and work towards that. It's and perfect I, time. I to want do that.
1: to start encouraging it. I want to start being a presence on our Facebook as well. There's all this social media that I set up once, and I was like, "Oh, I'll do this all the time," and I'm like, "That's a lot of work."
0: And Eliza, <laughs> don't do no social media. Yeah. So it all
1: falls on Sorry. me. Fuck you. I already <laughs> edit the podcast. I posted. Oh my god, it's too much. What's that, baby? Uh, we you, need, pa- you need your pacifier? Yeah. Need another beer? We need, we need a fucking beer? free intern. Anybody want to do free social <laughs> media and work uh, at a university or go to school at a university? <laughs> we're taking this resumes. This is not a university. <laughs> we're not sitting no, in we're a university offering area. a free internship to any person who wants to do our social not media. Not at all. I'll
0: completely disregard that. So we're moving on <laughs> to the next brewery beer. This is my absolute favorite beer that the brewery makes. It's called Tradewind's Triple. So this is a true Belgian-style triple. 8.5%. And nice. uh, it is brewed with rice and Thai basil. What? So I think this Again, if I was like trying to help you in a store and I handed it, I got you to walk out I this have freaked out. Early. I think, I, yeah, I would like pat myself on the back. I think I would be like, yeah, Liz, you fucking nailed that sale. Cause like, I feel like I would have been like giving you exactly what you want. So like, these are flavors that you love to use when you brew. you love to use rice. You like to use I spices. Do. So not only I think is this is a cool beer for you to try, cause it's your favorite style. And I think a really cool, unique version of the style, but it is my absolute favorite brewery beer. Uh, um We're i want i don't want to see any more here. yeah i don't want to see any more i We're want you to these
1: 8.5s are giving us the burpees
0: i want you i want the liquid to speak for itself
1: i'm just gonna drink it straight out the can if you don't mind i can oh see God, yours that's from here. such
0: a horrible way to do it but sure
1: i'm just lazy
0: there's uh so much about this beer is aromatics and you can't get that from the can.
1: Oh man, fuck yeah, this beer is fucking good. Like van- vanilla notes, fucking that sweet hangs out. I get like no hop, like lingering at all. This is everything that reminds. This is like drinking. <laughs> the beer that made me want to start drinking beer intensely for the first time all over again.
0: Great. They also use rice in this beer in the correct slash practical way. They use it to increase the gravity Without and to lighten taste. up the body. Yeah. yeah. So to, again, this is just like this brewer fucking Sean, Roo, like blows my fucking mind because like he gives me, these styles that are very like there are shadows of the things that I remember tasting, but then right. like does these little tweaks on this little, little tweaks on it and makes this beer like so much better than I ever thought anything in this style could be.
1: <laughs> Real, so this is like the, the, th- and that's why this is crazy to me. This is an American brewery that made you decide that this <laughs> style is approachable in the right way. Like allagash triple doesn't make you like no, yeah, like, I fuzzy I, on the <sighs> inside. Like there's no like the, like the omen gang's triple like doesn't no. make you fuzzies like uh,
0: not that those beers are bad, but those beers are a very straightforward
1: interpretation of the it's style. An American it's like me making you a cake that is a french cake that I'm making as an american. I'm trying I don't know, I'm putting in baking terms. I don't know.
0: Their versions of the style are very straightforward. It's like right. you picking up a book that says, this is how you make a triple and you make a triple that way. Right. And it's a good version of a triple and it's well represented and well re- representative of the style. And they're fine. They taste good. But for this me, is for, to you. for me, this is like when I go to a five star restaurant or when I go to a Michelin restaurant. Again, my favorite thing in the world is they're giving me, memories of what i know it's making me think of all the triples i ever drank because these taste like triples the yeast is there the style's there like the the style is there it's literally like hanging above you like it's just like a shadow but then he takes these small little tweaks and he just transforms it elevates (laughs) it into something that i really like to drink
1: if i were to ask you what makes this flavor profile so unique to you that it gives it that elevation. What, how would you describe that? Like, what it's, about it's, it? Is it's it tough it helps because like, what he does is very subtle. Like I get, van- like you are very sensitive to, to like artificial flavoring yes. to me and beer. Yes. So there are notes of <laughs> vanilla in this beer Correct. that are like very, again, I love, I fucking love vanilla and it's very prominent here. So yeah. is it not like, it's not blowing out your palate to you. It's still very well balanced, present, not, you know, and she goes for the swig of water to clean her palate like a certified Cicerone would. And she's going in, <laughs> cleaning out those nasal passages, going back in for the whiff. <laughs> Are you going to swirl it? I, Are you going to swirl and look at it in the light? <laughs> no.
0: Uh, so, I don't...
2: It's, I'm just trying so, to get so in your no, no, mindset, no, no. So you like, like, So, like...
0: Belgian triple yeast like has like spicy herbal herbaceous
1: notes. Right. Right. Always.
0: And this brewery to me was smart enough to be like, I wanna amplify that and I wanna amplify it. Using not just by yeah, yeah not just by like manipulating the yeast, one of the components that already exists. But then I'm gonna add Thai basil to this because Thai basil has that spicy character that mirrors the yeast, but doesn't, he will never do anything heavy handed or clawing that will like hit the yeast over the head with a hammer. Right. That's what I think American brewers often do too much of. Like you speak about this all the time. Oh, I want my beer to taste like coconuts so right. a fucking american brewer is going to say oh i'm going to go chop down a coconut i'm going to grind up a coconut i'm going to throw a coconut just in just my fucking beer
1: toasted coconut flakes yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah. i get what you're saying but a real true brewer a would brewer take like the ingredients the core four and actually ex- accentuate coconut flavors fi-
0: figure out how to take your palate on that journey in that sip but not dumping too much extra bullshit into it
1: right you don't want waffles in your beer just to add sugar i get what you're saying it's not like a kitschy thing it's like meant there's a there's a thought behind the process you're you're not like the chef that just like shaves truffles to shave truffles you're, right, like you're to, to me
0: like patrick grew would be like a great painter or like a really good cook or like somebody who understood music because he knows how to like elevate certain things and just do it with a very simple stroke like a very he's simplistic way <laughs> he's drawing bushes and you're like how yeah, the but, fuck but my bushes don't look that. like his bushes." yeah he creates that
1: <laughs> so my the, yeah I, I understand that definitely from a brewer's perspective where again even mischief we just drank it and it's like i'm curious to understand every single aspect of that brew process that allowed him to mask that eight and a half percent and still have it be a like hmm. representation of a Belgian triple style. You know what I'm saying? Like I've, I've had 8.5 double IPAs that don't taste like they taste like pale ales. I've seen people mask alcohol before, but when you do that, the first question I ask is how'd you do it? And there's so many different ways to go about doing it. And I am a sponge to that process. Just please show me every single thing. There are good ways and there are bad ways. Yeah. But just like this, like adding rice here is incredibly appropriate and enhances the spirit. But I don't think the the rice would be as easily received if not for the Thai basil. Because yeah. rice, as much as they want you to believe that it's like this dry, almost neutral thing that you can do to just bump the A B V, you get a very specific sweetness with rice. And yes. if you start using rice a lot, you start noticing it really quickly, and that's a hard flavor to mask. So the Thai basil comes in here perfectly and gives you that little bump of pepper, which is just sitting, like you're saying, on top of the yeast, and you just push that flow a little bit to the wall.
0: Correct. <laughs> you turn the knob one <laughs> one number up or down. You, you, it's just a slight little have, tick.
1: Have you ever, like, <laughs> walked into someone's, like – like fucking house and you go up to their thermostat and you take it to like one to the right. Re- you throw it off. Like I think of Bob's burgers. Yeah. Or, uh, you went too far to the left, Bob. It's a sweatshop in here. Oh, you went to like, it's freezing. But like- that And that is true. <laughs> I think
0: that's so true. Like it's, it's all about subtlety and just like crafting something really perfect. It's- Drink, you know, drinking Belgian beer makes me want to do eat food. Belgian beer to me without eating food is such a weird experience. Yeah. Like Belgian beer to me is beer that is specifically crafted to eat food with. But I want to eat like sushi with this. I want to eat like fucking something a, delicious with this. But that's the problem with Belgian like, style beer too fish. is that like all the things <laughs>
1: you want to eat are like hearty and wholesome and great and make you like feel I don't know. What would you pair with this one? um i would definitely want to like
0: sushi with this
1: no yeah maybe if it was like a spicy tuna roll like with the wasabi and like yeah ginger something, something yeah something, something cold
0: something really clean something like little, little uh like little why not oysters crunchy. yeah this would be good with oysters it'd be great with oysters
1: actually yeah I'm thinking of like the accoutrement, the horse, the horseradish, like the. Yeah, this would be great with horseradish. Yeah. And the vinaigrette. That's everything acidic to help cut the sweetness. Not too much, though. You'd overpower it. I don't know. If you put, what is it? Cocktail sauce. The shit that you use for shrimp. Uh, cocktail? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Whoa! Did you just have an unlock moment? <laughs> Whoa! Now I know what they call shrimp cocktail. Oh, shrimp sons. cocktail!
2: <laughs> Fuck off!
0: I'm really pleased that you had the same react, like first reaction to this beer that I did,
1: because this beer like blew my fucking mind when I tried it. Yeah, it's. It's. I, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I almost feel like. It, it's when someone tells you about Breaking Bad, right? Oh, you should watch Breaking Bad. It's such a fucking good show. Oh my God, it's so good. You're never going to see another TV show. Good. You still you haven't to- seen that, right? No. Jesus <laughs> Christ, man. Live in the now. I can't. Every second I, I like get to a point where I'm neutral enough to watch it, someone goes, oh my God, have you seen Breaking Bad? It's so amazing. And that again, same point. You can't hype something. You can't talk about something without impacting like I don't know how it's going to affect someone else so that's why I think again the, the think back to a different time though when there were no spoilers of any agree and you walked into every exist. experience it's like never a existed new experience. there was a kid on the fucking street corner with a newspaper <laughs> being like someone killed his mother oh over here I got the paper Ten, like it's, but, oh there's always but, been so someone not, to fucking no do way, that no
0: way think about like before the internet, what going into seeing a concert was like not knowing where you were.
1: And the lot. The lot told you because people were following them around in droves. And when you went to the lot and you could be like, hey, were you at last night's show? What did they play? What was it no, like? No, no. I'm like, talking the, uh,
0: about just any any band going into a stadium, not knowing where your seat's going to be. Not knowing what that, that experience is going to be yeah, like.
1: But that didn't. Well, I, now we're just getting Before the internet. But I, well, here's what I'll say. Did are, these beers
0: teach you anything
1: about brewing? He, I, I was hoping these would teach you uh,
0: how to brew with a subtle hand, the
1: way that these are brewed. I mean, that's always the the mindset as a brewer, though. It's always the thing that you're chasing. How do I create the next best the next best thing without being a copycat? Trouble with triples. Trouble with you triples. Start slurring your words. <laughs> you get what I'm saying. You, anybody can put, I, I'm thinking of yeah, the most, so, so what are the most like. But s- don't you think that that's what these beers are showing? They're not
0: just copying something. Right. And that's my point. You were saying like, oh my gang, you know, and that's great. But I think those recipes are just copies of original Belgian triples. These yeah. offer you something or good a, that's unique. Of. That's unique. Right. Good quality, same good quality, but a unique So
1: twist. if I said to you, the chef of the two of us, like yeah. how would you use umami in a way that I can take umami and I can put it on top of a bed of rice wrapped in seaweed and call it an um- umami roll. That's fine. Are you talking about uni? Sorry. Uni.
0: <laughs> like umami is, <laughs> a is a flavor. flavor, is a, flavor. Like a savory flavor. But
1: yeah, uni. So like it's, it's sea urchin. I could put it on top of rice and wrapped in seaweed. I could do this. I could do that. Everything that I could think of. Yeah, every, absolutely everything I can think of is something that's been done already. How do you use uni in a way that elevates the flavor of it and still... It in a butter. Uni butter is the shit. It's been done. so That's, that's my favorite application see, of it, see, though. That's my favorite application and of that's, it, and, But that's fine. So you're now going, I've now found that one recipe that's an awesome application of it every time I do it. But how do I take it and level it up? I would
0: think about a, a way to apply that uni butter in a unique Place in a but unique sense. you're
1: still already distilling it down to something else and then applying it. How do you, and I think that's ultimately your point, how do you take something that has been around for centuries and do it in a way that people go, well, I, will, I, I get that there's all of those, but I want that one.
0: For sure. And I think if I told this brewer that I don't like triples and I love both of these beers, I think that genuinely means something to them. I think it genuinely means something to a brewer or a creator that when you tell them you didn't understand the experience, the context of something before, but their version of it made you get it and like it that i think is like the highest compliment you can give anyone no
1: i think it goes further i think when you can go up to a person and be like hey like i love waffles and your waffles (laughs) are the best waffles i've ever fucking had and i'm never gonna have any other waffle but yours i will never say that about anything uh ever i've experienced that moment (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, Liter- that, literally with waffles. That's limiting <laughs> yourself. That's limiting yourself. It's not, it's just saying, you know what, this is the most elevated version of that. And I didn't think it could get more elevated because it's something so simple as a waffle, and yeah. you're able to do something that I will never be able to unsee. And I think that's every brewer's chase. I'm going to make a style of beer that has technically been around for thousands of years in most in most cases. Like you're exacerbating that
0: timeline but continue i'm going to
1: make something (laughs) that's been around for a long time i'm gonna give you a way i'm gonna give you it (laughs) i'm gonna serve it to you in a way that's gonna make you only come back for mine that's an insane achievement I'm thinking of like the best things I can think of in life that I will travel somewhere to eat that version of it.
0: Yeah. But you're not going to only have that version ever. That's not ever the case. No, but you're going
1: to spend a lot of time trying to recreate it. Correct. Or, or find something comparable. Yeah. Or doing all
0: the other versions that don't come up short. And that's going to be like your best one. But you're never (laughs) just going to do that best one. That's what I'm saying. I'm never not going to drink another triple Because I like this one. It's not going to be like the one that's locked in for me forever. That's
1: crazy. No, but this one's going to tickle tickle you inside a certain way that no other one will.
0: Yeah. So the reason why I was really excited to do this segment is because I can't remember the last time I've had this beer outside of the first time I've had it. I know I've had it several times, but I can't remember the last time I had it. So again, for me, like recreating like the first experience again almost was like really fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's what i would have been interested or or most interested in exploring is where your palette is now. How don't we, uh,
0: why don't we do, uh, I don't think you're qualified to do one like this for me. I don't think you're qualified to do like a similar segment for me. Oh, no way.
1: No way. (laughs) <laughs> what was the first beer you ever drank that you that were like oh my, i'm gonna I'm well going it's not to land first beer, beer i ever
0: drank it's my current favorite style of things is, no. is pilsner no no, no no i don't think you could listen buy me listen cool to Pilsners. what i said again
1: what is the beer in your early palate that you went this is what's going to make me tumble down this craft rabbit hole nugget well, nectar and nugget nectar we've is, had this we've had this conversation nugget before. nectar is it's an imperial amber So, (laughs) I would have to go out to the market and find an Imperial Amber that somehow elevated its own style without being an Imperial Amber. I didn't That's pick this
0: style because specific. it was your first style. I picked it because it's your favorite style. My f- current favorite style of beer is a pilsner or a lager. So you'd have to go out into the market and find me. An American pilsner not or, or lager? Not That's no, like a no, fucking not, diamond not only, in a rock. Not only yeah, a good quality one, but a cool, unique one. That's going to make me like, damn, this is fucking <laughs> super cool. Yeah, no way. <laughs>
1: It's too hard for you. It's, it's too hard <laughs> of a too fucking... Hard, no, no, not too hard of it's a thing. Too it's too hard, hard for of you. a style. Get the fuck out of here. Like, the only thing I can think of that goes off the cusp, which you introduced me to, is smoked lagers. And that's not even cool It doesn't have to be that
0: extreme. Like, Long Island City LIC Beer Project has a beer out right now called El Turno, and it's their adjunct lager. And the way they get the corn, the adjunct in, is by using taco shells, which is really creative and really cool. <laughs> oh.
2: God, so I'm saying like, that, that could be an example? Were we or just talking
1: about people who put fucking waffles in their beer just to get the sugar, and you're like not into that? So how does putting taco? Uh, let's it's save it for. It's creative. A it's creative. No, it's bull. It's kind. One of is you creative, back on One is creative. One is lazy. Yeah. One is
0: creative, and one is just lazy and grabbing at publicity. I'm
1: kind <laughs> of calling bullshit, but we should save this for a different episode.
0: Okay, sounds great. <laughs> do you have the song keyed up of what we're going out on? I do. So what is it? A song you gain more appreciation for now after seeing the documentary.
1: Uh, (laughs) Soul Planet. I I honestly still want to understand who decided to put the boat on stage and why did a song birth out of that? Was that Trey's idea in talking to like a visual person or was that just him waking up one day and being like, we're putting a boat on stage? Yeah, he
0: had an idea. I it says in the documentary, like he just like woke up one day and had like such a cool idea. And his idea for the gag was to turn Madison Square Garden into an ocean. And he wanted them on the stage to be like in the boat that was sailing on the ocean. Okay. And like yes, that was generally that was communicated for sure. Like it was a great gag. It was it's translated very articulated great, of him, yeah. But, our, our but but seeing it in him describe it and the way he saw it in his mind is very different obviously than the way it came out and in his mind he goes to such a degree where when he's talking to page and talking to mike and talking to fish he'll be like oh and now on stage this is what's happening like he will be like yeah, describing the to fire. them like yeah, the like so he's like he thinks of the music as part of it and it's one big experience and that's why i said at the end when you actually get to see them perform and and for them to see what their idea was come to fruition but who's cool as shit the ocean we are and, and it's what love
1: is, yeah exactly and everybody screaming yeah yeah okay great yeah let's listen to it all right great thank episode. you thank
0: you for joining us on episode 38 it's a long one i've got a brew i never were, know how much we talk now because i don't have a timer <laughs> but i just do it's natural but there were eight and a half
1: <laughs> percent beers involved told okay, you trouble to with triples trouble triples say that 10 times fast the trouble with triples trouble triples trouble with triples Dribbled wibbles. let's play
0: uh, so set your soul free no soul planet soul planet from show what's what's the show you're playing when I asked you to play yeah so it's friend 619 2019 summer tour Great. thank you for joining us in this episode I am the Liza
1: and I am the kid see you next time uh- <laughs>